A rural town in Tennessee is being inundated with a dark crust covering everything from cars to bird feeders. The growth, known as whiskey fungus, is being fed by vapors from aging barrels of Jack Daniels in the company's nearby warehouses. The fungus can destroy property and cling to almost any surface, and there's ongoing litigation from a resident who sued the county. This is Pulse Check. I'm Krista Marr. On Wednesday, a panel of experts recommended the FDA approve GlaxoSmithKline's RSV vaccine to prevent lower respiratory disease in people 60 years and older. The 12-person panel voted unanimously that the vaccine, which would be called OREXV if it's approved, was effective, with two members saying they wanted to see more data to show that it was safe. On Tuesday, the same panel narrowly recommended that the FDA approve Pfizer's RSV vaccine. The House Oversight and Accountability Committee opened an investigation Wednesday into the business practices of pharmaceutical middlemen known as pharmacy benefit managers, the latest in a series of actions targeting the industry. Oversight Chair James Comer, a Republican from Kentucky, is targeting the three largest PBMs, which have nearly 80 percent of the market, to look at their impact on patients and taxpayers. And the Federal Trade Commission has reached a settlement with online therapy company BetterHelp. Ruth Reader is here with the details. Hey, Ruth. How you doing? Good. How are you doing, Krista? I'm good. Thanks for being here. So on Thursday, there was some breaking news about the Federal Trade Commission's campaign to rein in how telehealth companies are sharing customers' information. What happened? What has happened is that the FTC has reached a settlement with a company called BetterHelp, and BetterHelp provides online therapy and counseling. And what they got in trouble for was sharing data about consumers with third parties like Facebook and Snapchat, essentially advertising companies, right? And basically what it was doing was it was using data from people engaging with its site and then using that information that it learned about people when they engaged with their site to retarget ads to them. It's a pretty common thing that companies do in order to get and retain customers. But the FTC of late has said, we don't think that's ethical. We think that's unfair and deceptive because you're not really communicating to people that you're doing this and people are inclined to believe that you are caretaking people's data. And they say that's not quite true. So in this case, the FTC entered into a settlement for $7.8 million. That money is going to be given back to consumers who date, whose data was shared in partial refunds. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, BetterHelp now has to has some like limitations on what it can do with consumer data. It can't share any personal health information with advertisers. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, it has to implement new privacy rules. If it does want to share consumer data with a third party, it has to get explicit consent from consumers. Just to take a step back, do we know exactly what kind of information was being shared with groups like Meta? Like if I am getting online to try to get some therapy, what was BetterHelp telling Meta about me? We know for sure that email addresses were shared. The other thing, and this is sort of interesting and sort of a a gray area, is that 
companies like BetterHelp, well, BetterHelp will say, other companies do this as well. Sometimes what they'll have you do is they'll have you fill out a questionnaire about your health, right? Because they want to get more information so that they can either pair you with the right clinician or make recommendations for certain services. That Mm -hmm. data, you're not a patient at that point, right? So that data isn't really protected in any way. And Hmm. so it might use, let's say, you know, maybe in that questionnaire, you said that you had received counseling services in the past. It could then use that data to target ads to you. So stuff like that. And so previously, before the settlement, when I was filling out that questionnaire, I didn't like check a box that said, you may use this data and share with advertisers. Um, And so even though I didn't check a box, they just went ahead and shared it anyway. Is that right? And and quite frankly, like that's pretty normal. Lots of healthcare companies do this too, but like lots of company companies do this online. There's no requirement in the US. We don't have a federal data privacy law. And so there's no real requirement for companies to get your consent. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, so what does BetterHelp have to say about this? Does it say that it was doing anything wrong? BetterHelp, while it did agree to the settlement, it does not admit wrongdoing here. And it says that this is actually like a widespread practice. It does appreciate that the FTC does not want this to be a widespread practice and therefore is taking action accordingly. And the other thing that it said, in addition to not admitting wrongdoing, was saying that it doesn't share patient data and it has never sold consumer data And so, like, if you were to have a therapy session, those therapy notes would not get shared for advertising or any other purposes. Those stay private. And just to take a step back and look at the bigger picture, what other companies has the FTC um, gone after on, you know, similar allegations? The FTC is sort of redefining what we consider health data for a really long Mm -hmm. time you know, health data as we know it has been governed by a rule called HIPAA. HIPAA is largely what protects what we understand as health data, which is information about our health that lives inside our electronic medical records at our doctor's office or sort of inside of our insurance company. But the internet has introduced a lot of other ways or really a lot of other places where health data or stuff that could be considered health data now lives. So whether that's, you know, because you can go online and see a therapist now, or, you know, your phone will track when you're at an abortion clinic, or you have a smartwatch, and that tracks various metrics about your health. So the FTC has realized that actually this health data could fall within its jurisdiction as something to protect. And it has a couple of tools to do that. One of them is sort of just straight, unfair and deceptive practices. And what it's been doing is saying like, hey, companies, you have this sensitive data. If you are not being straight with customers about how you are sharing that data, we can come after you. So what it has done so far is it's gone after a company, a third party data broker called Kochava, which got in trouble Mm -hmm. for selling data that could target a person based on their proximity to an abortion clinic or sort of whether they had been to one. Um, It has also gone after another company called Flow Health, period tracking app. The other more recent case was GoodRx, which is a telehealth company and also sort of a drug discounter. 
But the other interesting thing that it did there is that it, it invoked another tool that it has in addition to unfair and deceptive practices, which is called the health breach notification rule. And this is like a really old rule from 2009 that was created to cover health data that wasn't covered by HIPAA. I mean, I think there was some awareness in 2009 that as we bring more and more health data online, there's going to be a gap here. And so the health breach notification rule was supposed to sort of like cover some of that, particularly data that might be hacked. But the FTC recently has decided that, that not only does that apply to hacks, but also data sharing. When companies share consumer data in an unauthorized way. Um, and that's sort of like the role that it's on now. Mm -hmm. All this to say, <laughs> between these four cases, the FTC is really showing that health data is something it really cares about and, and sees as its duty to protect. Moving forward, is it just the FTC's job to regulate this? I mean, is there some, or is there a conversation that actually we need something else and something more to protect, you know, individuals' health data as we move into this, like, increasingly and, you know, maybe entirely online environment? Yes. Chair of the commission, Lena Khan, has written a letter about this asking Congress or really saying, we need stronger privacy rules. The other thing that is very interesting is that last year, the commission filed an advanced notice of proposed rulemaking for commercial surveillance, on which it got like 10,000 comments. A lot of people <laughs> have a lot of opinions about the potential for rules on commercial surveillance. But, you know, it is likely that we are going to see additional rules come out of the commission on this topic. And do we know whether Congress has any appetite for taking this on? We do, actually. Last year, Congress came very close to passing at least two rules around privacy. One was the American Data Privacy Act, ADPPA. And then there was another one focused on kids. There's definitely appetite. It's a little bit of a complicated issue, in part because the federal government has not passed rules on data privacy until now. Several mm -hmm. states have gone ahead and passed their own privacy rules. Right. And they want to make sure, those state leaders want to make sure that the federal law does not preempt their laws. And that, I think, is sort of the sticking point right now. Right. That said, there's huge appetite. Well, it's incredibly interesting. And I imagine that this is something that you will be continuing to work on. So I will look forward to reading your coverage on it. Thank you so much for joining us today on Pulse Check. Thank you for inviting me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Raghu Manavalan is our editor. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Krista Marr. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting, Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thank you for listening.